from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Sim Sorsen from Perks Showcase. Sim, it's really nice to you, man. Thanks so much for having me, Brad. Pumped for our discussion today. Absolutely. I'm really excited too. So as we're kicking off here, can you just tell me a bit about yourself and your company and who you are and what you guys are up to? Yeah, for sure. So a little bit about me. I'm an HR tech software sales guy in the daytime, professional musician uh, at nighttime down here in Columbia, South Carolina, where I live with my wife, Brianne, my son, Jack, and my dog, Doc Holiday. A little bit about Perks and the Showcase product is we noticed kind of an issue in the HR tech industry that as total awards packages get bigger, the number of entry points for employees also gets bigger. So we created this product to be a single entry point for employees and a year-round benefits education and employee engagement experience for them as well. Absolutely. For those maybe less familiar with industry-specific terms, what do you mean by entry points? Uh, What does that mean? When you work for a company, they provide you benefits typically, and you're going to have a system typically called a benefits administration platform that you'll go into once a year to elect your medical benefits. But they'll also, they're a good company, going to have more benefits than just that. They may have headspace health and mental health benefits like that. And you may have to go directly to them or to another system to elect those benefits. So eventually you get to a point where employees forget about certain benefits that they have access to just because there are so many different places they have to go to identify them and to use them. And with perks and with showcase, the goal is all right, let's make sure employees never forget about anything that their employer is offering them. Let's put it all in one place. And if we have to guide them to another site through single sign-on or link, we'll do that. But they can always remember, oh, I just go to Showcase for this. Absolutely. So instead of them like, where can I go find this, track this thing down or whatever, they just have a single place to go. Right. And it's easy and and streamlined for them. Exactly. Yeah, and I imagine it probably cuts down on admin stuff and HR time, right? Because they're not like asking HR about it. They're kind of self-servicing on their own. Exactly. That's the goal. The biggest compliment I think we've gotten this year is one of my customers, Major League Baseball, their HR lead has told us that our product saves her multiple emails per week which are just a really easy to answer question that an employee is asking. And without showcase, finding the answer to that question is so difficult. It's easier to just call up your HR team, uh, which creates a ton of work for HR leaders. Yeah, absolutely. So you you get streamlined process for employees, less work for HR. Absolutely. Awesome. So everyone in sales right now is looking at like the future. You got to be really efficient now. You know, we all have fewer resources got to have more of a streamlined strategy. What's your view on this? And what has been your approach as we're looking at the future of sales and state of the industry right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I personally am always focused on getting better because in all of my sales leader positions, and this one is not an outlier, I, I also carry a bag. So I have a quota as well, and I produce as well. And when you have other responsibilities other than just selling, 
you got to really use your time wisely. So I do a lot of time blocking personally to do my content creation on LinkedIn, build lead lists, write slick emails with Lavender for my sequences. So I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely really focused on how to make the most of my time. Absolutely. Where do you think your time is best spent right now? I've, I've heard some folks that are old school and they're like, I'm just picking up the phone all day. Uh, others, you know, social selling on LinkedIn, maybe making videos. Like, how would you prioritize that list in terms of where your time is best spent? Yeah. So I've, I've really shifted from what I'll call the shotgun approach, which is like, let me hammer the phones or hammer the keyboard and get out as many notes to prospects as I can. And I really focus on a lot of social selling. So a lot of content creation and then mining the interactions in that content to see, oh, this potential channel partners continues to interact with my content or this prospect does. And so that I reach out to them. I do a lot of video prospecting, which takes longer, but is more effective in my opinion. And then when I'm not doing that, I have a list of targeted accounts that I want um, and a handful of decision makers within those targeted accounts. And I focus all my touches on those people. Interesting. Far fewer touches than a traditional kind of sales approach takes a little longer to build credibility with social selling. But once I finally pull the trigger and hit you with the video message, my booked meeting rate is through the roof. Just to clarify, you'll go out and maybe connect with people on LinkedIn in the space that you're targeting. But instead of boom, like with the message right away, that's like, hey, let's hop on a call. You'll eat some content out there and look and see who's liking and interacting maybe over the course of a couple of weeks. And then when kind of the, the magic timing is right and someone's been interacting, then even you send them a video message. And what does that consist of? Do you make a special video for each person? Yep. Okay. And use one of those like recording tools for it? I used to do Loom and BombBomb and they're great tools, um, but I mostly use native video right inside LinkedIn. Oh, interesting. So I'm just recording a video right in the DM and sending it. And it's really just, if it's not the first time I've sent them kind of an introductory video, then it's just a straight, hey, here's who I am. Here's how I can help you if it's ever of interest to you. And then people that have shown a little more intent, I'll be a little more straightforward about, here's the problem I think I can solve for you and make the ask to have an additional conversation. Okay, so... So for maybe folks that are a little colder, it's, hey, here's who I am. It's great to be connected. If there's any way I can ever help you, let me know. For the folks like a little warmer, it's like, hey, I solved this specific problem. If you're having it, here's our solution. Let's connect for a few minutes. Right. Interesting. What kind of response rates do you get to that? Like, what, what does it look like? Do people message you back right away? Are you seeing fairly high conversion rate on that? Yeah, extremely high conversion rate. I learned a little trick recently from my friend Darren McKee, who's really a, a stud in the social selling space. But it's to always be real, really cognizant of if your prospect is actually active and online on LinkedIn right now uh, through their the little green bubble, green dot by their name. Oh, so I try to be cognizant about sending a video message when my prospect or potential channel partner is online. 
When I do that, I usually get a response immediately and the conversion rates to get a meeting are above 50%. Interesting. Which is best cold call, best cold email in my life. I'm never going to get conversion rates like that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so they message you back and say, sure, let's do it. And then what do you do? Send them like a Calendly link then and then they book or something? Yeah, we use HubSpot internally. So it's a HubSpot meeting link. But yeah, it's usually the response is, I love this touch or the way you're prospecting is fantastic. Let's jump on a call. Oh, cool. What kind of volume are you seeing is necessary to kind of do this at a scale that you'd fill basically your calendar and be busy with stuff? Are you sending 50 requests a day or five or what are the volumes? I probably only do 10 video messages a day. Okay. That on top of the email sequences I'm running and the marketing campaigns we're running with just standard inbound leads I get from LinkedIn is enough to fill my calendar. Nice. Would you say overall pipeline from the LinkedIn video strategy is higher than email cadences or are they like kind of neck and neck on pipeline? They're kind of neck and neck. But I will say that the people that are typically booking with me based on email cadences have seen my content on LinkedIn and know who, at least know who I am to some degree. So you mix them together and then you might, one strategy helps the other. That's right. Interesting. Are you doing any calling with mixed in there at all or, uh, or not? Not a whole lot. Any, I don't just get a lead list and hammer the phone. I pick up the phone when I see somebody is open. You know, somebody's opened my email a couple of times, mm. but they're not responding. So, watch watching the automation sequences. Uh, and if I'm doing, you know, if I have a decision maker to target an account and I want to touch them ten times over the next thirty days, at least one of those touches is going to be a call. Absolutely. So no power dialer and 300 calls a day. It's uh, very targeted, strategic. Yeah, very strategic. And it's really, I'm playing to my strengths. I'm I'm not afraid to say I'm not, I'm not a very good cold caller. I never really have been, but I'm really good at creating content and writing. So social selling and the cold email strategy, and then throwing in a call once it's warmed up a little bit has proven to be pretty effective for me. Absolutely. I love that. What's the biggest challenge with this? Are you running into any challenges or any any recent learnings at all that you're like, hey, this is pro tip on this? Just from a prospecting perspective? Yeah, just like LinkedIn outreach, mixing all this stuff together, driving the right volume. Like, Yeah, I think that it is always going to differ for everyone. But I think that the biggest thing that I've learned kind of in my social selling journey is that um, you really do have to be focused on wanting to make real human connections with people. Because if you're using social selling just as a tool where you view everybody as a mark or everybody as an opportunity, people can smell that mm. a mile away. Uh, and so it, it won't work. Um, like this person is not genuine. So yeah. When I first started prospecting on LinkedIn, I was awful at it. You know, pitch slaps, commission breath like you wouldn't believe. I really had to get comfortable with the idea that if this is the way I'm going to sell, I have to view this as a long game. I have to actually care about these people I'm interacting with. What's your game plan as we head into this next year? Is it kind of double down on a lot of this stuff that's working and 
Is there any new experiments you're going to try or any new channels or things or direction you're moving at all? Yeah, I think the biggest change that we're going to make is going to be on our messaging and marketing. And we're not all the way there yet, but we've got a couple of talk tracks that are proven to be very effective in in the market. I think, you know, you hit on it earlier. Mm. We've all had to get a little tighter about how we operate from a sales perspective, just with the way our buyers are changing, but also with the economic environment. And we weren't immune to that. We set ourselves up from a marketing perspective as a nice to have for HR teams. And it it really hurt us in terms of the volume that we were able to push here recently. Uh, thankfully, we've still been selling, just just not at the rate that that I'd like to. So we've made some pretty significant investments and in taken a look at our messaging and testing a lot. Um, and you and I talked about one of my favorite ones, which is really marrying HR and finance together in our messaging. And it's just do the work of 300 people with a team of three. That opens the door for us to arm our HR champion for an ROI conversation with the CFO um, and makes us feel like less of a nice to have. I love that. Yeah. I think it's a great point to highlight right now because no matter how sophisticated the strategy or write the channel, if you're saying the wrong thing, you know, you're not going to get the results. So I love that you guys are pulling it back to, are we saying the right message into the marketplace and, you know, saying something that buyers would be receptive to. Absolutely. And we're we're a young company, so we really have adopted the kind of fail fast mentality. And I hope we never go away from it because it's very freeing to be able to run these big marketing campaigns and just say, hey, this is not working. Like, let's tear it down and rebuild it. Absolutely. So I love that. And, and how do you test that messaging? Is it all just running campaigns on it and looking at response rates? Yeah. So we do, you know, we're doing organic and paid marketing. So A, A, B test marketing emails to our, you know, thousands and thousands of our contacts, and then also paid ads on a variety of social medias just to see what sticks out. It's been really interesting to learn because, you know, I prepared probably five talk tracks when we started this and the ones that have really been successful surprised me a little bit. Um, some some of the ones I came up with, I thought were pretty great, haven't done so well. Uh, so it's been really interesting experiment. Yeah, it's interesting. Has it been more effective to test it on paid and organic media versus outbound? Uh, are you also testing it on outbound? Testing it in outbound as well. It's been interesting, even in some of the paid ads that we've been running, we've been reaching a very similar audience. I ran across some intent data for a prospect that I had already been touching through through other mediums who got roped into one of our ad campaigns recently. So it's interesting, but it just functioned as another touch for me and eventually got me a call. Absolutely. That's interesting. Well, as we're wrapping up here, any advice for others in sales and sales leaders out there? Yeah, so I'd I'd say three things. One, it's hard for everybody right now. So don't get discouraged. Just keep your head down, keep doing it. Two, I really am of the belief that getting more strategic in how we prospect rather than going with the shotgun approach is is what is going to continue to separate elite sellers from the rest. And then the third is 
don't be afraid to fail fast if you can. It doesn't even have to be on a on a macro level. If you're an individual contributor AE and you have a cool idea, just try it and see if it works. And if it doesn't, give it up. Try something else. Uh, and ne- never be married to you know any marketing campaign you run, any cold email template you create, because even if it works today, it can become obsolete tomorrow. I love that advice. Well, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom and insights here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Brad.